gonna do something where I don't get notified for the volume today, bro. <laughs> yes, please, please be respectful tonight and put your phone on. <laughs> Super silent. <laughs> Super silent. Super. Silent. I'm a Neanderthal when it comes to these things. Yes, yes, right. yes. At the end of the day, we're all Neanderthals. Uh, Eighteen choppers. I saw I took you out. I figured. Don't say it's me this time, always. It's always you. I see you joined. Oh, you're keeping Taz on us now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I see you. That's I it. see you too, baby. Hold <laughs> on. That's it. Perfect. All right. We got through that one, huh? We got through Good that Good morning, one. gentlemen. Let me let me let me do my Good morning. Let me get my live. <laughs> hey everyone. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Sorry guys, we have to wait for Prince Autumn. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry. I sorry. thought you were gonna say Princess Autumn. Like, <laughs> don't, don't I didn't want to ruin his father's day. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> the Akverdian name is very, very important. All right. Where? Hey, okay. Everywhere. Um, everywhere. Roberta and Kenneth or where? <laughs> <laughs> right in the corner. There. Okay. There we go. No, they're pretty big family. There go. Big family. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> morning. Hello. <laughs> Good afternoon, young man. Thank you for joining us. Sorry, man. sorry, sorry. sorry. I, I was I was multitasking in like multiple areas. What's with you and the Bob last two shows? Jake? The what? He's, what? He's been stressed. No, no. It's you know what? This is uh, we had a guest on about two weeks ago, uh-huh. Nora Chitilian. She was a family therapist, uh-huh. and she handed us stress balls, and I've been using it for the past. This is the third show now. Nice. I feel like it's something that actually. Helps you? It helps. I mean, I throw it at people, but I you guess feel even it, use it. less stress. I have a stress ball at my office, yeah. and I you have a what? A, a stress ball at my office. Okay. And every time I'm cold calling or I'm talking to a client, I'm I'm using it. Nice. So I mean, now that I'm here and we have it here, might as well utilize it. Are, right? you, are you stressed when you're talking to? A well, client look who's or? sitting next to me. No, no. <laughs> when you're talking to a client. No, it makes me think better. Ah. Uh, his so, clients are not Bible. Yeah, yeah. My clients are not this man right here, which leads us to. I mean, we're ignoring the poor man. <laughs> we're here. not. We're just building up the suspense. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Who is this man with the braids sitting next to them?" I don't. If you don't know the braids, then you shouldn't. Watch. Yeah, you shouldn't even be watching this. Literally, I mean, just turn off your computers and and walk away. Ladies and gentlemen, to my right is the legendary comedian, artist. Mr. Vahed Berberian, welcome to the show. Hey, nice, nice seeing you guys. Thank you for seriously. Thank this you. is a, this is a pleasure. Uh, thank you for yeah. taking time out of your Monday to be with us. Um, for those of you who don't know Mr. Berberian, he, the guy is—I mean, there's multiple things he's he's done as far as with the movie industry, with books, art. I mean, art itself. I mean, from comedies to—I mean, I, I would say you're probably the original stand-up comedian as far as in the Armenian industry, wouldn't you say? Yes. I guess so. Don't be... (laughs) Build the ego by it. Say it. Say proud, Vahit. Say proud. I'm not the first person who's done one-man shows, but as far as stand-up goes, yes. Yes. Yeah, and I've I've seen a couple of your shows, and 
the one show that I I remember watching, and this was I was I was very young at the time, but I was like, oh my god, it's an Armenian stand-up comedian, and th- it was the one where you were talking about where Armenians they attach something to every word that they say, where he was like, computer, computer, kindak, mandak, Luis, Luis, and then he says, what do you say with something with an M, like maton, maton, maton? I remember that actually, and it was it was something where I watched, and I was like. I this I love this. I'm like it's I've never seen actual Armenian stand up where it's a standalone show and it looked like American style. I mean me being... actually that has a, an interesting story to it. One time I did that and it was the whole show like the whole bit about Ator Mator Seran Meran uh-huh. and so on and so forth. So I finished the show, these two men in black, very serious looking, came and said it's like, what the fuck? Was this here or Armenia? This is here. What did I do? Well, you should have felt good if it was here. So I went backstage and I was sitting in Alohai, Parel, Parel. So Baron Berberian says, What is it? Inche. So I took. Hayastan, Mayastan, Yerelek. Hayastan, Yerelem, but Mayastan. Mayastan, Rarapan. So he's a comedian himself. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was funny. So wow. he, he pulled you into the room and you thought it was something like serious, but the guy's cracking the joke as well. Uh, but where you're from? You're from Lebanon originally, right? Beirut. Right. I was born there. And yeah. uh, when did you have, when did you move to the states? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting story. I left Beirut when I was 17 years old, the first time, and um, I was a hippie. So I uh, I uh, traveled all over Europe, hitchhiking, living in communes, oh, wow. uh, playing guitar in the streets. Uh, uh, and um, and then I went back in in uh, uh, late '74. The war started. I stayed there until uh, late '76, and uh, left again. This time um, for uh, for Cyprus. From Cyprus, I ended up in Canada, lived in Toronto for a year. And then in 77, I ended up in L.A. and got stuck here. So wait, wait a minute. You were at 17, you were hitchhiking Europe. Yes, yes. I, backpacking. Uh, backpacking. It was much safer back then. Pat. I was uh, living in communes, seriously. Yeah. Like, you know, hippies from all over. We would, we would uh, travel in packs. Now, let me ask you this. Were they Armenian, the people you no, were traveling no, with? No, no, no. From all, from all, all over, over the world. Africa. Yeah, all over the world. Real hippie life. We had... Uh, we had uh, five or six uh, Americans. We had uh, two um, two Dutch, uh, two or three uh, English, a few Germans. Uh, any contact uh, with any of those people? Um, for a while, yes. Yeah. We were in contact, but, but not anymore. We lost. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I, I mean, survival-wise, I mean, okay, you guys are hitchhiking. Food, work... Shelter. People were nicer back then, pal. Look, it it it, it all has a thing to it, you so, know. Like I remember when uh, we uh, we ended up in um, 
uh, in Ischia, in, in uh, south of Italy, uh-huh. on this island. And that's where I decided that I was done. So I was going to go north toward Paris. And up until then, I had not hitchhiked alone, you know, or with someone. We were always in groups. Okay. So uh, when I decided to leave, this, I, at the time I was in love with this, with this girl who was from, uh, from Chicago, uh, this American girl who was incredibly beautiful. She was gorgeous, like a model. So imagine I'm like in my, I'm 17, she's 17, you know, and we decided to hitchhike all the way to Paris. And uh, these two Dutch, uh, this this Dutch couple who had been doing the t- uh, uh, hitchhiking, hitchhiking um, the last day, they pulled me aside. They go, Fahe, here's one bit of advice: you have to follow this. You have to do this, otherwise you get seriously fucked. I go, what is it? He goes, okay. When when a car stops. You enter first, <laughs> then she gives then you all your stuff, and then she enters. When it stops and you have to go down, she goes down first. Give you her give her the stuff, and then you, you go, why? She, okay, they go, okay. If she enters first, they might drive away. If you give the stuff first, they might drive away. If, if, <laughs> you, if go, you They're not going anywhere. <laughs> they ain't going I anywhere. swear that was the best piece of advice ever. Well, it it helped you get sense. through that whole oh, journey. Oh, yeah. Because well, all the time and time again, I found myself in situations where, you know, I would think, wow, this could have gone really wrong. Do you just, think just because the driver, or any, uh, the driver or whoever it was that was... I mean, listen, you're in Italy and it's 74, you know, the first question, sometimes they'd go, you know, uh, are you guys married? And uh, we would go, yes. And go, can I sleep with your wife? What? <laughs> yeah. What? Wow. Because for them, it's like, you guys are hippies. You believe in free love, you know. Let's do this. <laughs> you're swingers. <laughs> yeah. Think about it, 70s, man. Everybody wants a little bit of fever, you know? I mean, I don't expect you to understand. I wouldn't understand, but... Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Those are the years. But 17 years old, imagine hitchhiking in a car. Did you speak any European language? So or? I spoke English. I spoke French, you know, and... Uh, you learn uh, in Lebanon. Uh, yeah, yeah. France, yeah, like, yeah, they yeah, learn yeah, French yeah, and yeah. from first grade yeah. on. But the, the, like, to give you the entire uh, mood of the of the era, you know, we would be, for example, in Rome, you know, at a youth hostel or a camp, and and we would all be stoned and and drunk, and we'd have a, a pit, a fire, and and all these hippies would would come, and we would, you know, after a while, everybody would get emotional. We're all brothers. We're all citizens of the world, and so on and so. On. And so, like the Americans would tear their passports and throw it in the fire. in the fire. <laughs> Fuck this! We don't. We're all brothers, and so on. Two days later, At you the see them in front of the embassy, <laughs> <laughs> waiting, waiting in line for a passport. <laughs> yeah. The move, the move. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought I thought the hippie movement was in the states only. No, no it went everywhere. Worldwide. In the seventies, <laughs> early seventies, it was even bigger Europe. in Europe. See, because it was yeah. like okay, Vietnam War is going on. Uh, let's all you know, 
against the big power, you know, screw America, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to war. To me, I'll say it's, in, it's happening in oh, Europe. Yeah. And oh, Europe was, was big at that. I mean, you had communes all over. I remember in Florence, there was, we had a little commune. We were staying in this dilapidated old castle-like place. You know, it was a castle, man. It's gorgeous, but dilapidated completely. Wow. You know, and the, it didn't have doors. So, we, uh, so this girl and I were staying in this little corner and we had a, we had a curtain, as you know, I was like, as, uh, as our thing. And then uh, one night uh, we're sitting outside, this guy, his name was Arno. I remember him. Like, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Big guy, really big guy. Complete opposite of me. <laughs> Couldn't have been this I dude. Can, I even <laughs> forgot that. So he he grabs a few doors and our curtain, brings it out, throws it in the fire. It's like, what are you doing? It's bourgeois. What? It's bourgeois. You're separating yourself. Huh? You can't separate. Yeah. Wow. This is Bullshit. a commune. You don't wow. need, you don't need uh, curtains doors and curtains. Good. We're all one, basically. <laughs> Whatever you're going to do, you can do it in front of us. Wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. And that did go on. Whatever well, that you was, wanted to that do. That was the mentality. That's but did mentality. it happen, actually? Or it was just the mentality they just kept at it? I think, I really think people, We, you know, I think all of us were naive enough to believe that we were changing the world, you know? And maybe in some ways we did, in some ways. Uh, what, do you, what do you attribute to the start of that whole hippie era? I think too many things. First of all, the ultra-conservative uh, uh, mood that, was, uh, that came with the 50s. Yes. Uh, Vietnam uh, did a the huge, wars. huge number on, Depression. on the psyche. Um, Depression. Uh, and, uh, and Europe was going through major major upheaval i mean 69 was the year where where uh, the french uh, counterculture was at its peak i mean you had you had times where you, like all these like philosophers students you know people like michel foucault and stuff in the in uh, sorbonne you know uh, throwing uh, cobblestones at the cops you know burning uh, uh, cars this that it was major it was major this is a time where also politically there were so many leftist organizations like you had the Japanese Red Army, you had Red Brigade, you had uh, you had uh, PLO, you had mm -hmm. uh, the Irish Republican Army, yeah. you had uh, you had uh, the German uh, thing, um, Bader Meinhof Camp, and and all these all yeah. these ultra leftist organizations. You had Asala. Uh, you know, uh, so the, the the left. A lot of people talk about politics now. The left being like, you know, super left, super crazy. I mean, it's even at that time there was still a far left movement. I mean, there were there. Was the time I think it was. I think it might have been even more radical back then of than course, it is now. Of course, yes. because of because of the protests. Depends some aspects it of it, not all aspects of it. And, no, no, it was very radical times. We're talking about a, a time where. Imagine this, you have, you have no internet, so no one can, you, you don't have phones. News travel slower. Yes, but at the same time, you can get away with so much that you can't now, you know? So you had very, very close ties between 
all these terrorist organizations, you know. You had, for example, you had, a, you, uh, you had an organization like um, Direct Action in, in France. Uh-huh. I remember this very, very well. Um, it was incredible. In, like, the government would say, we're hiking the prices of telephones, like, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. In one night, in one night, the youth would be mobilized and they would break all the public phones in Paris in one night. And cost the company all that money, basically. Yeah. Cost the country. Cost the country. 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 So now, um, now this yeah. is this is at a time where there was no social media and there was no telephone. Well, there was telephones, but they just it broke wasn't. Them, yeah, buddy. like <laughs> you know. Yeah. Sorry. So, so now, imagine it was more of like nowadays you could. Everybody's a walking news reporter. Yeah. You do something, everybody's going to pop their phone out. They're going to record it. Within minutes, it's on Facebook, it's on Instagram, it's on YouTube, it's on Snapchat. You're, you're basic, your face is out there. Back then, it was more of like, we're going to fuck shit up and we're not going to get caught. Yeah. And if we get yeah. caught, we're brothers and sisters, we're all going to back yeah. each other up. Yeah. Yep. We'll live in a communion prison. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't care about that either. That's they amazing. Think that that you that not that they that. didn't care that. I mean, that's. <laughs> It's amazing yeah. at the same time. Yeah, the fact was... that you can tell us about this, you know, that's something a lot of people don't even hear. Today, you don't even know about that hippie era. No one talks about well, it. Well, and not in Europe. We know the stuff here with all the... Even the stuff here, you don't know much about it. Oh, well, there, there's a lot nothing. of videos here. They didn't have. They didn't Frisco. record that much in Europe. Oh, I'm no, sure they did. No, I mean... The concerts, like, I mean, yeah. the concerts were all the, recorded. Yeah, the concerts were recorded, but uh, as far as... Even, well... Even here, I mean, you didn't have that many cameras in in the in shooting anything uh, uh, was you know it would cost you an yeah. arm and a leg. So, and when you're a hippie, you don't have <laughs> that, that much money. Yeah. Everything goes for the smoke, yeah. right? Yeah, the, whoever shot were mostly either from the from uh, from the institutions, yeah. you know. Like companies that were like news uh, reporters. Uh, reporters and stuff, or you had uh, some like the upper echelons of of Hollywood that you know okay. would spend money on uh, documentaries, yeah. it's like like Woodstock, you know, stuff like that. Woodstock, San Francisco happened like back then, right? No, uh, no Woodstock was in the uh, East Coast. Okay, well, yeah. what did they have? Like hippie yeah. parties in San Francisco were big, right? Yeah, that's San where Francisco, a lot yeah. of that. That stuff was a happened. gay party. You're talking. About. <laughs> no, 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 no. The hippie parties back Hay- then. Hayden Ashbury. Hayden Ashbury was uh, was the center of uh, the counterculture in San Francisco. How old were you when you moved to the states? I was 21, 22. Yeah, and you 20, moved. 20, and you moved 20, to 20. LA. I moved to LA. Yeah. And how was was there a big Armenian community at the time? No, no, not at all. It was just basically mostly was, like. Just, uh, it was yeah. I don't. I. I. No one knew exactly how many Armenians there were, but uh, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah, there weren't too many of us. Uh, you were. In, were you in Hollywood? Were you where? Where? I mean, what part of LA were you in when you moved in? I. I moved uh, to the Valley, uh, uh-huh. Tarzana, and um, and there were there were hardly any Armenians there at the time. Uh, most of the Armenians were in Hollywood. Mm. Most of them, no Armenians, not very, very few Armenians in Glendale. This is seventies, eighties, um, right? In the seventies, yes, yes, and um, and uh, the f- I remember that was the in in seventy late seventies a huge influx of Armenians arrived from 
a few different countries, mostly from Beirut because yeah. of the civil war, and Iran because of the civil war, because of the revolution. Yeah, same. Yeah. These were two, the two main um, Armenian yeah. communities that began to like uh, develop. Yeah, it was the 70s where there was a big migration. Yeah, like you said, it was from the Western Armenia. They moved to um, the States. And yeah, yeah. In, in Iran, I remember a, a, a very a, a very large community moved out from Iran back to Armenia again. In not, the not in, in those years. In the 70s? In no. The 60s. no, in the 60s. That was the last. There was a last of 72. Armenia did get from Iran. 72 was the last influx, and that was it. Yeah. So it was in the 70s when they moved back to Armenia? 60s. Yeah, from the 64 to 70. Yeah, 64 was the, yeah. 64 the to decisive, 72. 70. Decisive year. There was a group that went in 46, which is... Yeah, and then the 60s. Yeah. I have some... My aunt came here in 79, and we were supposed to come here in 79 too, right around 79, 80. But the Olympics started in Russia, and they... Your dad wanted to watch it on no, TV. Olympic, not Tomanat, and then we came here like. <laughs> Let's watch the Olympics, and then we'll go to and America. We we'll watch the two more Olympics. And then we... <laughs> Actually, we did end up watching two yeah, more yeah, Olympics. <laughs> we came in '88. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think all of us came. I, you, what year did you get here? '88, '88, '88, '91. You're not. Oh, you're old. September 11. You wanted to watch it third Olympics. <laughs> Hold on, September 11th? Yeah, 1991. But when did you start running into Armenians? I know you said you came here in the 70s. You, there wasn't much of an Armenian population. When did you yeah. actually start seeing Armenians and actually bumping into Armenians? Going, Holy crap. Uh, I mean, because when an Armenian sees another Armenian, mid -80s. instant. Yeah. Mid-80s and, uh, and later. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, for, for, it's very difficult to imagine like the excitement that we would feel like someone was like, Oh, I am. I am. And we all go, oh, we would get so excited, you know. And it, it's, it's, it happens till today. It happens yeah. today as well. You yeah, go, no matter where you go, go to go to Idaho. Oh yeah, and walk and you and you if if and stay there for like four days. In that four days, if you see an Armenian, it's like it's they're like your first cousin. In LA. It's, the, it's the Velvet Revolution all over again. I can tell you this: my manager thinks I'm retarded because. I, <laughs> <laughs> because I still get excited when I hear Armenian in Glendale. <laughs> oh, you, see? <laughs> you don't. You don't live in the Glendale region, no, do you? No. Uh, no. I, I think you're. So you come you're in, over the Glendale area. I are think you? you come in, you get your dosage, and get out. That's uh, how I hardly ever go to Glendale. You know, and uh, yeah. And uh, when I go to, every time I go, I decide to go to Yerevan. My wife says. You went to Glendale two weeks ago. Why is it going? I think <laughs> I heard that you, in one of your skits too. Yeah. So, I, th I think Glendale businesses have more Armenian fonts than Armenia. <laughs> I'm serious. Because in yeah, Armenia, because all the businesses English. are Russian or English fonts. Yeah. In Glendale, it's all Naparatun. Okay, well, what yeah. is that? <laughs> they, they did make the law that you have to have the Armenian 
you know, name on it. In Armenia now? In Armenia? Oh, good. That was, that was like six years ago. Well, communism ended in 1991. <laughs> They're only 25 years behind schedule. Shit, what's the whole big push here? So, uh, one quick question. Uh, U.S. versus Europe. Which one had the better hippie years? The better hippie years uh, as far as... Europe and uh, here. He wasn't here in the U.S. era. He wasn't well, he here. He came then. four years after. Yeah, it's not done yet. Uh, no, yeah, it, it's America uh, was m- m- less. No, I, I can't say less radical, um, but the stress was more on the fun of uh, okay. things, you know, because the the main, um, like the radical uh, thing, uh, counterculture, slowly ebbed. Uh, by mid seventies, okay. you know, mm-hmm. they're still around, but it, it ebbed. Um, but uh, but Europe lasted a lot longer. Europe was far more um, ideal. I, I did. There were there was a lot more idealism in Europe than. Do you think it was maybe because the laws? The laws were stricter here. There was more control as far as police uh, control. It wasn't. Con- um, I would say because Europe had so many political issues. Ah, uh, uh, free for all in that uh, sense. Yeah, yeah. Here it was more also, just war based. It was like it was, yeah, anti-war. Once the war finished, yeah. they didn't have any Absolutely. other reason. Absolutely. Wait, during those eras, that was the times where America was thriving, started rebounding. America was rebounding. After the war. Yeah, but this huh. is after the war. I mean, look, uh, in the 70s, when, like, I, I remember. A pack of cigarettes was uh, forty-five cents, something cents. like that. Yeah, I, we were students, and we would go, we would go uh, shopping, and and we would fill an entire cart $20. for twenty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I came here in ninety-one. We used to go to Lucky's on yeah. Glen Oaks, and we'd have one basket just drinks and sodas. Another one with the food, hundred twenty bucks, hundred forty yeah. bucks. Well, yeah, you, you walk out of like cheap. a you walk out of Armenian market with two bags, uh, two hundred bucks. The cost of living has gotten expensive. I mean, if yeah. you leave if you leave California and you go to an area where it's a little bit more rural area, where it's not as Idaho, uh, you know, you want you like Idaho? Too. No, no, I'm I'm just, it not, it's not about Idaho. It's about potato guy, buddy. <laughs> It's not about Idaho. I mean, look at this. I've had, we've had a lot of people who have actually sold houses in California, and they've moved to Oregon or they've moved to like Washington State. It's it's just it's Armenian. Okay, how many Armenians you know? Doing well, here's the thing: Armenian. We we're used to pushing each other into the one little hole, and all of us topple on top of each other. We're just used to that. It's part well, this, of our this this man proves the opposite, man. Well, he he, he came into a, he he moved, you said Tarzana, right? Dude, it was that, all Iranians. It's all Iranians. Yeah, right. Was it Iranians at the time? Or was no, it still it was white trash mostly? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. let's be like you came to the US, somebody, you knew somebody when you came my to Tarzana. There aunt, you go. So that's what we need to know. A, yeah, Tarzana. And uh, I stayed with them uh, for uh, a couple of years. Um, yeah. That's great. And, I've all go ahead, sorry. No, no. I've always wondered if we were when we moved here, if somebody took us to let's say Brentwood or Beverly Hills. Would we want to come to Glendale? I mean, let's look at let's look at Aroxia. Aroxia grew up in Palisades, Palisades, and she never moved out to Glendale. She just continued her path right. through there. That's what I'm saying. And would we have, I mean, in terms of uh, financial success, would we have been more? Your life would have, overall, your we, life would have been different. 
as far as yourself, you'd be a different person. I mean, you, you wouldn't speak as much Armenian as you do. Today. I'm not saying just me by myself. Any, I'm any talking way, about anyway. our whole like community, big our community. part of our community. If they move to uh, Beverly Hills instead no. of Hollywood originally, I don't know about that. But in my case, I can tell you this: coming from from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it was freezing. <laughs> it was freezing. I had never experienced the cold like that. You know, I would, I, and I, I was living with my aunt in Toronto at the time. I yeah. remember that. So I would imagine this in January, I would look out of the window. I'm coming from Beirut, okay? Like <laughs> the desert. Yeah, uh, like hot, hot. Well, you know, I would look out of the window. see everything covered in snow white. white i would see i would watch these cars slide. do the do the ballet thing you know it's like <laughs> slide and and i would think fuck it takes serious determination to get out <laughs> planning and everything yes, yes, yes. wearing I, all the clothes yeah. so imagine getting out of there and coming to tarzana i booked I was in heaven. heaven. Yeah. Back to Beirut. Palm trees. Palm trees. Palm trees. <laughs> sun. No yeah, snow. No. Chicks. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, that, living in snow, it's like you really do have to plan everything out. You have to shovel the uh, snow so you can get into your car. Then when you get into your car, you have to make sure it turns on. It's not too cold. Wipers, yeah. Wipers have, to, have to work. You have to scrape up. It's yeah, like to scrape the stone. It's a process. It took yeah. less planning for him to hitchhike all through Europe. There. <laughs> Absolutely. I once, I once, I swear I'm not kidding. I once saw this very petite little Chinese woman fly. <laughs> It was so Wind, windy. What are you? <laughs> the, the husband, the husband's yeah. running after her. Oh They were grabbing. God. I was like, you know. Wow. Oh <laughs> Imagine even the wild animals outside. They're like, oh fuck it, I'm not gonna eat today. <laughs> yeah, I don't man. feel like you're chasing. Now after. let's apply that today. Why do you think the homeless community in LA is bigger? Because they can come here and at least they'll they don't have to freeze their ass to death. They got they got <laughs> 12 months reason. 12 months of sun. The worst they yeah, have yeah, to yeah. face is 55 degrees with a rain. rain. They can go under something covered. They won't freeze. Yeah. What are you doing? It's negative 40 degrees in your home. Yeah, yeah. How was your you? How was your English, by the way? At the at the time when you moved to Toronto, It's from Beirut, they learned school. Bro. Okay, so the the Beirut thing uh, when when I first went to school. Everything was in French. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I think yeah. five or six years we took French. And then one day uh, we got back from the summer uh, vacation and they said, from now on, everything is in English. I was like, <laughs> what, the, what happened? <laughs> you know, you we go. decided that English is more important than French. French. So now uh, everything was in English. So by the time I left Beirut, my English was, was pretty... I, I was reading incessantly. I was reading anything that I could find in English. You know, I had read most of the classics. Uh, in uh, I was such an avid reader that my, uh, you know, uh, my English was pretty good. So when you moved to when you moved to Canada and you were living in Canada, yeah. language wasn't an issue because yeah. I think in Toronto they speak French as well, right? French is there. No, that's on no, the that's other Montreal. side. That's Montreal, Montreal. Montreal. Quebec. Yeah, no, my Toronto. wife is from Calgary, and they yeah. had uh, mixed. 
mix of. I thought your wife was from Beirut. I thought your wife was from Beirut to Calgary. I mean, they yeah. all do the same thing. Come on, there's a system here, buddy. If you guys missed the boat. Oh, they so, all went to Canada and came here. Come on. So, now. so from Beirut, it's basically they go to Canada and then they come to it the was States. Easier, at the time, it was easy. And then, and then from the from Hayastansis, they moved from Look, Armenia to Italy. The same guy. <laughs> the same guy. Ultimately, no one stays in Canada. No. no. Yeah. Not even the Canadians. All no. these years, I don't know how many, like, was it uh, 20 million uh, can- uh-huh. Canadians, you know? For the past, I don't know, 100 years, it's still 20, 20 million, you know? <laughs> The, the, the land is bigger than Russia and the U.S. combined, but there's 30, 20 million. <laughs> I think they have more cattle than humans. But it's it's beautiful. Nature it out is. there, it's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Have, you, have you guys heard of Banff? My wife's been trying to convince me to vacation. Banff? Banff? Yeah. yeah it's but- like uh, basically like Yosemite mixed with a uh, resort. for. It's more of a ski resort, I would say. Mm-hmm. Lake Tahoe type of stuff. Yeah, guys, Canada from from uh, from 1990 to now, it's only increased as far as 10 million in population. People. <laughs> 10, 10 million in population. That's it. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Why don't they take the illegal immigrants? They are. They are taking. They are. They, are. they, are. they, are. they, they should take staying, more. But they're not staying. Clearly, the man said the man clearly said it was a process waking up in the mornings. <laughs> When you wake up and you can't even pee, (laughs) you got to pee on yourself to warm up before you can actually. (laughs) Here's the thing, you know, they take pride in saying that there's no crime in Canada. Well, no one goes outside. Like, imagine, why would you get out and and rob someone? Like, when it's 30 30 below. It's like, hey, listen, can we we do this in the summer? (laughs) My, so my father-in-law used to snow plow in Calgary. You know, those plow things. snow, not snow plow. <laughs> plow snow. And yeah. he was sitting that thing. He said, inside the cab, it was negative 40 degrees. At oh, my It was God. like 2 a.m., 3 Did it get that cold? Yeah, oh, it yeah. really does. It does. It does. Negative uh, 40 yeah. inside the cab. I figured it would be like... <laughs> I don't know, like minus two, minus no, three. No, no, like minus maybe like 10, 15. No, no, it, it gets, gets, it gets no. freezing, man. Like when your nose starts running, like it, it chumps up. Icicles. It icicles. Icicles. Like why it goes know? there right now? This is really? all. Like, like this, this is oh. how you clean your nose. Are you, <laughs> so basically, you, you spit on the floor. By the time it hits the yeah. floor, it's an icicle. Yep. Have you seen them? You're when contributing. They take, <laughs> when they take boiling water and they throw yeah. it up in the air in Canada, it just Some freezes snow. in the air. No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> you could try that actually. Yeah. That's make insane. sure the water is hot. Though. So, uh, as far as okay, you in Canada? What did you do for a living in Canada? I mean, we're we're slowly pro- yeah. we're getting to where where you know where it all began. Well, um, I was the first thing I did was uh, find a job as a as a janitor in a factory, uh-huh. and I and. I found a theater company, and I started uh, working with the theater company. So at nights, I would go uh, do my thing uh, as an actor. And uh, during the day, I was a janitor. Not a good one, because <laughs> they fired me. <laughs> as the janitor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 guy, the guy, he was like the, the head of the thing. He was a nice guy. He was, I remember he was a Polish guy. He called me over one day, and he said, listen. Uh, I don't think you should do this. You're not cut out for this. Uh, 
by the way, I'll, I'll tell you about what I would, what I was doing at the time. Anyway, I go, why? He says, I have seen you in your little uh, thing where I would keep the storage the, and stuff. Yeah, the, the brooms uh -huh. and the things. He goes, I have seen you read Dostoevsky and Gogol and stuff. You know? oh. He goes, I know Dostoevsky, I know Gogol, you know. And anybody who reads these books doesn't you belong. belong. <laughs> <laughs> Did he so help you? I need, get a, I need a job. He goes, you can find a better job. Go now. Go. go. Trust me, you will, you will bless me one day. Yeah. You know? He, he knew there was something yeah, more something, for you out yeah, there. Yeah, more for you out there. Exactly. He, yeah. So as you were, you, were you doing acting as far as stage acting, or were you doing comedy at the time? No, I was uh, stage acting. I was I wasn't doing much. I, it was m more of a theater workshop. We would do little plays, you know, skits. little scenes, little skits and stuff. Uh, but it was uh, it, it was an eye-opening experience because I came from from uh, well when I left Beirut, I was I had a. a good following you know I was young I was the youngest uh, kid in the theater company that we we had uh, founded you know I was I I was uh, taking on some you know good juicy parts and stuff and then I end up in in Canada where no one knows me and imagine as janitor and then after after I got kicked out of that job I became a punch press operator Punch press operator. Punch, punch press. press Let me tell you how what a punch press operator does. You have when you go in, okay, in the morning, eight o'clock. You have to wear a, a hard hat. Okay. You wear safety glasses, goggles. You wear gloves. Okay. You have to wear safety boots. Mm -hmm. And you chain literally chain yourself, your hands, to the machine. Okay, because you don't want your hands to get stuck in the machine when it presses down on these metal boards to cut them, huh? to cut them or to shape them, you know. So, because in that warehouse, there were at least three people with one hand gone <laughs> with <laughs> your fingers, yeah. so you knew what you were signing up for. In a Constant sense. reminder that this shit is not. So, yeah, hold on, I'm I'm trying to figure this out. You have, okay, you have the machine in front of you. Sheet of metal comes in. And the sheet yeah. of metal comes in. You have yeah. chains on. Are the chains so basically you can't go okay. a certain distance? No, this is this is what you have. You have um, flat pieces uh -huh. here, and you have already done ones here. Okay. So you take the flat piece of metal, put it in, and the moment this this press comes starts coming in, it pulls your hands out. So it's, it's it does it for you. Oh, shit. Oh, so it's the chain, is, the chain is connected okay. to yeah. pull it out. Yeah. Ah. So you put it in, and as it comes down, you're like, it, push, it pulls your hands out, uh, back, you know? Just so, so they can <laughs> save the employees. <laughs> and, and Yeah. And, and imagine you go with the rhythm. It's like... And Constant. you do that all day, eight hours a day. This huh? is when This is when Pink Floyd's... <laughs> Welcome, my son. <laughs> Welcome to the machine. You know, and we and I used to put uh, like headphones, headphones on. on and listen to "Welcome to the Machine" for hours on end while doing and going to a trance until like uh, that's it. Just the music. Like, uh, 
stop. Coffee break. Uh, and then just <laughs> shut off. Go go have your coffee break, and then come back yeah. zoning again. Yeah, 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 that's insane. And you just straight up just the music, nothing else. Like, yeah. So what else? That's crazy. You can't talk. You can't. It's, it's so not, loud. It's impossible probably. to hear. Well, anyone. the press yeah. running. I mean, yeah, it's impossible to hear anyone. Yeah. So this was what was this called again? It was called press what? Punch, punch press. press. Punch, punch press. Press operator. And what was it molding though? What was in, it shaping? Just... And every like every hour or so, some guy like the quality control guy would walk by with this uh, thing and was like, go, hmm, how many? 170. Hmm. And you'd go, you're going too fast. <laughs> Your friends are not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta slow down. So you're like, they're like, slow down. See, slow down. you guys want to go back to what I was saying back in the days when I said you should never work for more than what you're getting paid for? Yeah. Yeah. They told them that back in the '60s, guys. That was <laughs> never unions. wrong to begin with, man. <laughs> right? Uh, before we go, before we get into uh, you going into uh, the actual stand-up and art and all that stuff, uh, one of our viewers has a question. He says, uh, "What was the biggest difference between the '70s and the movement in t- 2009, as far as like movement going on? 2019. Political. 2019. I'm sorry. Well, 2019. 2019. Now, now oh. in the '70s, as far as movements going on." Major, no, major. if he moved in today between that's what he's asking. If you moved to the US today versus the 70s, yeah, not a, a movement. Difference. Oh, oh, uh, oh, if he moved, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. Let's I'm say sorry. you're moving from Beirut to America oh, okay. today, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, so I'm sorry. Actually, that's a good question. Um, I would say a few major, major things. Number one, um, number one, there's a huge Armenian community here. As an Armenian, you wouldn't feel completely lost or or helpless or orphan, mm-hmm. you know? Do we have? Uh, we, we, of course. Well, do we have the structure if someone does come and get stuck well, on even the street? If, if, if the structure is not there, the friends are there, the families are there, yeah. you know? I think in some ways we do. Um, also, uh, um, economically, okay, major <laughs> difference, it's things are harder now than before. Uh, it was in my time. It was so much easier to become an American citizen or to get uh, a green card and stuff. So that's a major hurdle, um, and things were a lot cheaper then. So it was easier to get established. You know, do your own travel. thing, go to school, travel. Yeah. travel. You know, whatever you whatever you needed to do. It was far, far, far easier. Yeah. Um, also, the political climate was uh, was. Mm, far more conducive to tolerance, and, yeah. you know, because there weren't too many immigrants, and uh, the whole idea of this otherification of immigrants and and whatnot, illegals and, uh, and all this very, stuff going on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, entering the United States was easier back then than it is now. Well, we're forgetting yeah. about back then it was easier. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Two thousand, uh, yeah. two thousand. Uh, what was it like? When we had anything with terrorism started after 9-11, everything changed as far as travel. Yeah. And that was worldwide change. I don't think that was just U.S. Yeah. As After 9-11, it wasn't an effect on, oh, it happened in New York. <laughs> U.S. is going to get stricter. This was a worldwide, even the smallest little airport in, I don't know, Zimbabwe had to change their yeah. direction as far as an airport. Yeah, yeah Definitely. So I mean, it was basically it was easier in the seventies as far as it was. Moving. It was easier uh, on a lot of you know different levels, but at but as far as Armenian being an Armenian, 
as as I said, it's easier now. Yeah. Than then. So, let me ask you this now: when when did this entire gig, as far as okay, you know what, I'm going to be doing comedy, come about? When did you realize that this talent was there? Because uh, not everybody has it in them. I mean, there's a lot of stand-up comedians who say, "Oh, I do comedy," but then you go sit down and listen to them for about 15 minutes. You're like, "All right, what is the next comedian coming up?" Uh, okay. Sorry, before we get there, Jenny had an interesting comment, and I wanted to confirm that. Jenny said, "Apparently, you were a student <coughs> of her mother back in Lebanon, Jenny Yetem." Well, she changed her name, the last name, so I don't know what her mom's name would be. But well, mm. Jenny, what? Let us know what your mom's yeah. last name is. Yeah, she oh, says. That's interesting, huh? She cool. says, uh, "Pachikned." Uh, after being my mom's student in Lebanon. Oh, okay. So I guess you were her mom's student in Lebanon. Was yeah, he a good well, student, Jenny? Let's go through the list of the teachers. <laughs> and the, another, uh, what she says is, well, I will tell you, compared to Beirut, LA was all flat land when our parents came here. Yes. My mom's biggest complaint was Cafe Treto Shiga. What is it? Cafe Trotoir Chigar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Chigar, okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. it's the name of a cafe. There were yeah. no cosmopolitan areas to compare it to here, nah. and Beverly Hills wasn't what it was, yeah. what it is now. Look, obviously. we first of all, you couldn't get a decent cup of coffee. Yeah, you know, and coming coming from uh, Beirut. Uh, Beirut, <laughs> or Paris for that matter, or Italy, you know, coffee I, shops. The coffees were coffee was, yeah. just, uh, but no decent espresso. The American coffee was like a uh, watered-down watered piss. If you ask, if you were in a restaurant and asked for olive oil, uh -huh. they would be like, olive oil? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Why? What are you doing with olive oil, you know? Uh, are you going to bathe yourself? Or? Nowhere to sit outside, even though this had the weather, the perfect weather to have cafe trottoirs and, you know. They just didn't like, know how to enjoy they it. Yeah. Yeah. Until someone had to come in from outside and show them what they could One do. One Armenian came <laughs> open the jazz vine. <laughs> Literally. You guys are laughing, but the first the first cafe opened in Paris. Armenian. They were Armenians. Really? Coffee really? Shop first Paris, huh? coffee shop. As yeah. in like, out, cafe. as in cafe, outdoor cafe. Cafe, cafe. Like, no, it's the first cafe. Coffee shop. Really? Yeah. Well, that's, I didn't know that. In that's London interesting. Too. In London, in London too. too. Yeah. Oh, wow. I had when no you idea. say cafe, are you referring to a coffee shop or a cafe shop. that has like sandwiches? No, no, coffee shop. A coffee, coffee shop. shop. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the majority of them yeah. did have sandwiches, but it was a coffee yeah. base. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and the reason why it, it's, it's called Turkish coffee yeah. is because Armenians, the Armenians who introduced the coffee came from Ottoman Empire, came from uh, Istanbul. Yeah. You know, so they, they were, in their mind, there was no distinction between the Armenians and Zagreb. Oh, they came from the Ottoman Empire, so it's Turkish coffee. Holy crap, he's right. Armenian immigrant named Pascal. Yes. Their last name is unknown, and though. That's still, they use the Pascal coffee. And it's, it's still, still there till today yeah. in Paris. Absolutely. Pascal coffee is still yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's insane. Harut says, speaking of Canada, I lived in Toronto for 30 years. Don't know how I did it. I moved back to Beirut seven years ago. It's a blessing. <laughs> now, let's talk about Beirut. Let's talk about Beirut, the weather there. If you guys are complaining about the uh, climate in Canada, you can complain about Beirut. I had a hard time breathing there. Like, you would shower, yeah. get out of the shower, you're and sweating. literally, it's just dripping. Yeah. And you would go shower. Like, I go shower here, and you know, just water down, running down. But in Beirut, when I was showered, just black water coming down. 
No, it, it's humid there, water. huh? It is humid. Oh, it's Remember sticky that? too. When air, you say black water, is it air is dirty? No, it's not the water. It's, it's just the, the air is so it's, dirty. Uh, when you're sweating, the air being so dirty, you collect that dirty. It air. is. Yeah, it, it's yeah, like your patio furniture here. Basically, same. Yeah, you you do this. It's like all yeah, black. It's, it's that's what you're breathing. Yeah. But they have some of the most beautiful land. I went to Jaitan. That was an yeah, amazing place. Their mountains. It's like. Think about it. 45 minutes, you can be from the beach into the nicest skiing resort in 45 minutes. Yeah. Hold on. Skiing resort? Yes. Snow yeah, skiing do, resort? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I know here's, this. here's the thing. The Lebanese always say this. You know, you can you can swim in the, in, Med- in the, beach? In the Mediterranean, Mediterranean. And then an hour later, you can ski um, on the... Uh, uh, Ralph, in, uh, as uh, so you know, back. But I really honestly don't think anybody has done this. <laughs> I, mean, I want to be the person to try the damn thing. I mean, in order for it to snow, it has to be cold. And in order for you to swim in the beach, you, it's got to be warm. You so it's, it's such a beautiful place well, that you can get everything within an hour. Look at it this way. Uh, Mount Baldy, which is a little bit past, I think, San, is it right? Yeah, a little bit east of San Dimas. Yeah. There's always yeah. snow on the mountains pretty much. When it's sunny here, there's still snow. Up there. So, and Lebanon being uh, mountainous area, actually, yeah. very mountainous. I, I figured it would be very hot and humid there, as far as like year round. No, no. In the winter, it it, it, gets, it gets cold. cold. Yeah, it gets cold. Does it snow in Lebanon? Yeah, we just very little but, up but, there but, uh, in the, but the Alps. Mountains, it does. It does. Okay. you can get up there very quick. It's yeah. not where you have to have a two-hour. Not you know, in Beirut, freeway. but in the mountains, it yeah, is. Yeah, it's beautiful. Interesting. So. Vlad, let's go back to your stand-up thing now. When did you when did you realize that okay, this is the thing for you as far as stand-up? I mean, uh, that you were good at it, that you began writing. Okay, so in the seventies and the eighties, uh, we had a theater company here. Mm-hmm. Um, some friends and I started a theater company, and it was called Experimental Theater, and it was a beautiful theater company. We had some amazing, amazing actors, and. Uh, I was mostly writing and directing, and uh, we had a huge following. And um, and then in uh, ninety around uh, mid nineties, I had cancer, and I almost died. Wow! It was it was serious. So I spent almost five years of my life in and out of hospitals. I had fourteen surgeries in five years. Holy shit. And it was a major, major trauma. So when I started feeling a little better, I I was writing at the time only, writing and painting, not really painting. I was like (coughs) sketching. Physically, I wasn't um, uh, well enough to do. uh, And then I thought, okay, I want to do theater, but I I, I do not have the stamina to bring the whole theater company together again and to start, you know, work as a theater company. So during the summer, I was going, you know, thinking, how am I going to do this? And so on and so forth. I, I went to the movies one day and I saw a movie called Swimming to Cambodia. Hmm. Swimming to Cambodia was, the entire movie was about this guy um, who uh, sat uh behind a table and talked about his experiences. That's it, his life experiences, you know? And- uh, Like on the radio or- No, 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 he was just sitting behind this, behind this desk, mm. 
you know, and the camera was still like just right in front of mm-hmm. him, and and he had these notes in front of him, and he was telling his life experiences, and his name was Spalding Gray. Never heard of this guy, but the, imagine an hour and a half of him talking, and when I got out, I thought. Fuck! I can do this. <laughs> you know, Just I can this. Talking. You know, I'm not well enough to to be very physical. You know, well, I can Just, talk the shit out. Yeah, of you, huh? I can sit it behind this behind the table with my notes in front of me. You know, and I can do this. So I wrote. I wrote my first show, and and we opened in Pasadena. I think it was Rococo. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Yev Island, my first one. Uh huh. So, and uh, it, it was supposed to be one show, you know, and my first show was sold out three weeks before. Holy crap. I, I like, okay, second show sold out, third show sold out. By the time I, I started performing, you know, we already had four or five shows sold out, you know, a hundred people each. And I was like, hmm, I might be doing something good, you know, because, because people who came the first time, Four or five shows later, they were there again, you know, and they could hardly find tickets. To... And and this was all word of mouth, basically. All word of mouth. And it was all Armenian shows, or all Armenian. Yes. Really. Yes. And I I thought, okay, I have something here, and then, uh, and then it, gradually, I first I was invited. The first place I was invited was Boston, mm-hmm. and it was by the Iranahai Museum, you know, in Boston. In, in Boston. And uh, and then afterwards, it it was like okay, I was I was walking a little dog at first, and then gradually the dog became so huge and that he started walking me. I was like I hardly. It's, it became yeah. a Saint Bernard. Yes, yes. <laughs> How about as yes. far as uh, stand up in the you know Hollywood or for the American I, viewer? No, at first I did a few shows in English. You did, and then. And then I realized that the demand in Armenian was so huge. And also, also, I love the Armenian language. And while I was doing this, I was painting, I was dealing mostly with non-Armenian, like, uh, 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 galleries. Uh You know, I was, so I was feeling a, a sense of guilt that I wasn't doing anything in Armenian, you know. And this was my way of, you know, atoning. Contributing and, to it. Yes, yes. And, um, and the, the whole thing, I mean, the, the, the response was so, was so wonderful that I decided that I'm, I'm going to do this. Just keep going at it. Yes. If for one thing, okay, I'm not, look, I'm not going to say I, I'm doing this or I, I did this in order to, to, uh, rejuvenate the Armenian language or this or that. No, No, that would be bullshit. But the fact that I was doing that at the same time, all these young kids were coming and they were like, yeah, I say, man, I'm doing a good job here. You know, I'm going to, I should continue doing this. Yeah. You saw the fruits of what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. What What was people's reaction to your image as far as seeing an Armenian man with piercings, braided hair, and tattoos. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> by that time, I think they were they were sort of with my theater background, my painting, this that. They were kind of used to it, 
And from day one, I never, ever, ever tried to, um, uh, change, you know, change your appearance at all uh, or, or, or convince them otherwise. You know, if people ask me like, do you smoke joint? I was like, yeah. What's you wrong know? with that? Huh? Uh, the, like, uh, you know, like whatever, whatever. Like, I was like, do you drink? Yeah. Yeah, I drink. You know, I'm the bad boy. You know, I do whatever. whatever. They looked at you and they said, this what, guy's a hippie, basically. Yeah, whatever you suspect that I would be doing. I was probably I've doing it. I am so, doing yeah. it. I'll do it. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to be the nice guy here. So, you know, I'm not, there's no pretense here. Yeah. You see what you get. So that, I think, shaped, every, you know, everything. Because they could not... The, like gossip behind me, or they're gonna say, it was like, oh, do you know, this is no, this is what, yeah, there's are. no bullshit. This, yeah, is, like, this, this is, is who I am. This is who I am. It's authenticity. And, yeah. And, and what I was performing ex what reflected exactly that, you know, my, you know, I was cursing, I was swearing on the thing, I was talking about a lot of shit that no one talked about, you know. As a matter of fact, the, the first thing, Yevailen. Yeah. Which, <laughs> yeah, yeah, etc. You know, the idea of Yevailen was that here, when you say Yevailen, means that the rest of it is irrelevant. I'm not going to talk about this. Uh -huh. You know, and that's exactly what I was doing. I was talking about everything that was irrelevant. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Your whole comedy was based on after the etc. Absolutely, yeah? <laughs> absolutely, wow, absolutely. So that 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 must have been. How did the audience respond? I mean, was it just refreshing to them or were they shocked or very, were they? Very refreshing. Very. Mm. I was amazed. I was really, really amazed. Um, I think the community uh, needed someone like you uh, also or comedians to get, get out and say something. Yeah. You're, uh, you're basically, what I just thought of is maybe like the George Carlin of the Armenian yeah, community, yep. huh? I, I think that, you know, that's uh, one resemblance that I take it as a compliment yeah. because I really have a lot of respect for him. Um, uh, yes. In yes. all aspects of his life, correct? Yeah. I, see, the thing is, with, <laughs> Vi, with your comedy, you curse in Armenian. A lot. And the thing is, with, like, okay, he makes him look good. I, see, or I guess it's a high astansi or high nadars or whatever it is. When you hear the cursing in the Armenian tongue or the mother tongue, it sounds really bad. Yeah. But then when you, when you say the same thing in English, it's like, oh, okay, you know what? Don't say that again. But in the, in like when you hear it in the mother tongue, you're like, oh, geez, did he? Wait, wait a minute. Well, remember, he, has a, he has a French <laughs> Lebanese accent, unlike you. <laughs> so it helps. It's like the they have a couple words that can get you stuck in a very uh, big bind. It's uh, like the okay. British cussing. I mean, it sounds okay. Okay. It's like. If, we're not censoring this, right? No, 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 to me in the back backstage and it's like why uh the president's chief of staff is here it was like five minutes later uh the the minister of justice is here a little later uh the foreign minister is here i was like is he helping later, you at all? uh the uh um 
Alec Yemeneji, I'm from MGM, is here. I go, shut the fuck up. You know? <laughs> Don't give me inventory. I'm already, I'm, I'm already like <laughs> nervous as it is because I do not know how it, be, it will be received. And also because a minute before that, I ask the technician in the back, I, I go, uh, battery He goes, Edincha. They go, the battery now? He goes, battery? I didn't show. I go, Michi? He goes, ah, oh, element. And I go, oh, fuck, they don't even know How are they, they going to understand my comedy? So anyway, I go out, and I'm nervous as hell, and I, I'm doing this part where I, I talk about, so I go, in um, spiritual mm, Mamas, and then he says Hayastanle, and I say spiritual Vorovedevies Hayastan Chenzenas, but spirit spirit of Hokiov yes Hayrenikis kapvazen, Mayrenikis Lipananle Vorovedevonzenazen so pane Hayrenikis Amerikane Vorovedev Darinere Amerika Gabrim yev pane Amerikatsiem okay and then. And then I go, South America, this is what you opened up with? And then there's silence. Did you, no did, you, did you like improvise that? Or no, no. I, it was part of my... So it was story. part of your... Holy story. shit. That was good. So there was silence. And then the, some guy was sitting in front of me and goes... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, this guy's dead, you know? Like, and then in the back, someone's clapping and starts laughing. And I look... And it's the foreign minister. <laughs> oh, you're saying? And he's laughing. And then gradually the laughter goes like higher. higher. Uh -huh. And everybody starts laughing. Now, the same guy was going like this. Now he's on the floor. He's peeing. <laughs> okay. That, that broke the ice. From then on, I like, whatever. I just like, uh, it was okay. Uh, put your gloves on, go to town. You didn't need so, to say shit. Yeah. So when it was done, I'm done. I go out. And this guy comes up very serious. Comes and says, Baron Berberian, it says, Me Panasem. Hayo? Yes. To be manu make Sar Hayot's Batmutiam match at Pare Haigagan Pemit's chess, but inch part loving this. And then he goes, Paisius. <laughs> you got a, a medal of honor huh, for that. <laughs> I, I, could, I could never do it. I, like I said, it, there's something about the mother tongue where it's just, I mean, I, I can't curse Armenian in front of my wife. I swear to God, I can't do it. Like I, there's times where you get pissed off and you're just like, you, you throw something across the room, you go, I don't made it. K on Emara. It's like you can't say it. I can't say it. But the rest of the words. I don't even know the words to say. Oh. <laughs> and and what year is this, Vi? When when this was this? Two thousand and two three. Yeah, 
three, four, or something wow. like that. So the, yeah. oh, so so the climate was completely different. Very, very mm-hmm. different. I mean, people were looking for laughter those years, man. No, man, it was more, it was very, very dry. somber, very somber. No, we, we were looking for something to get Also, <laughs> Also, you have to remember this. Now, when I go, okay, like like a major, major percentage, yeah. and, but because they know me, if anyone is coming to my show, it's very easy. You go on the internet, you go online, you, you check, oh, I like this guy, or I don't like this guy, yeah. and you decide accordingly. Yeah. But in, in early 20, uh, yeah. 2000, you didn't have uh, YouTube or anything like that. So they, they had no exposure. They didn't know where. There was like, the first thing they did was come and sit like this. Okay, make us laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was very, it was, make us laugh. You're, go, you're literally going in blind. And psychologists say when, when a person's literally sat, sitting in front of you and their hands are crossed, they're closed minded. Yeah. Nerve shattered. Yeah, they don't, they, they're closed right away. Phys, like yeah. physically. So if you go up to a stand, you should go to stand up comedy and about. 15 people and all of you sit like this I, that guy's gonna literally yeah. not be able it, to it'll, it's, it's anytime true. I go to a comedy show I because sometimes I tend to sit like this it's comfortable but when I'm at a comedy show I make it a point to like make sure I'm aware of it so I don't sit like that because, <laughs> because, <laughs> no, yeah because I, I don't want <laughs> I'm exactly, ready, I'm ready. I don't want the guy to think like okay who's this jackass that's here Doesn't even, he's not even prepared to laugh yeah Vi did you get any hecklers <laughs> the hecklers come not with the language the hecklers come with my religious stuff as far as are you are you, are you let me ask you this i mean i don't want to get into religion too much but are you religious at all <laughs> obviously no 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 no. <laughs> no i i know you're I, as far as like at all at all not atheist full-on okay he didn't say anything look i was brought up to be a priest okay my mother is a devout, devout Christian. I was brought up to be a priest. And then at 16, I decided that, mm, no, okay, I'm, I'm done with religion. Yeah, took and, um, no, the only reason uh, I ask is because there's people that it's an, at the end of the day, it's an act. You know what I mean? No, no, no. This, look, this isn't an act. I, I really, honestly, I, when I talk about religion, first and foremost, it's, it's very important for me to say, okay, when people come and say, tell me I'm offended, Mm-hmm. Okay, you're offending me. Perfect. I go, listen, listen. If your faith in God or your religion mm-hmm. cannot withstand my humor, you better re-examine your faith. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah. Because it's very, very... Look, uh, uh, when, when I was doing this... Ureman, when I, when I started doing yes. Ureman, okay, um, I I knew that I was going to get a lot of fact because of religious stuff. Uh-huh. So one day I was going to Canada, I was going to Toronto, and um, in okay, so let me tell you, that. so right after Toronto, I went to Beirut. In uh-huh. okay, five thousand tickets sold. I know that it's going to be crazy because. All young people, but at the same time, I also know a lot of conservative people are going to mm-hmm. show up. So I, I go on stage and I said, I told them this. I said, on my way to Canada, they stopped me. And, and the customs guy said, um, random check. I want you to open your bags. And I said, okay, fine, open them. And he goes, 
did anybody touch your bags? I go, no. Did, uh, did you pack them yourself? I said, yeah. Did, are you responsible for the contents of your bag? And I go, yeah. And as I said, as I was going through this, I decided that I'm going to do the same thing here. Are you here <laughs> on your free will? Okay, did anybody force you to come here? <laughs> you know, was, are, you, are you doing this to him now? No, no, I'm no, doing it. No, 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 he's doing it to the audience. To my audience. Okay. I was like, are you responsible for your decision to be to here? Be here. <laughs> if you're ultra sensitive, you're going to get offended. He's going to get with the please or no please, nothing. No, no at right. least say the please when you say sick. No, and then and then of course that you know that breaks the ice. Everybody starts laughing and, and no one leaves. And and they know what to yeah. What they're getting themselves that. into. Yeah, I just one show, one show. I was I was doing the religious stuff, and then a woman in the back goes nita Oh, and I goes no what you invite. <laughs> when I opened the show, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so my, my job is not to offend you. I'm not doing this to offend you. I'm just speaking my mind, you know? And it's your and, job you know? at the end of the day. And, and my job is to make you think. Yes. My job is to make you think. That's that's all I'm doing here, you know. Um, yeah. So if you're gonna heckle them, you're gonna and if and good comedians like yourself who can think right right away, you're gonna eat shit for it. Yeah. You heckle, you're gonna eat shit, and that's what yeah, happens. Yeah. But as far as outside of religion, any sort of heckling to mid-high religion, I say. No. 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 I. I <laughs> we tend to respect each other more than yeah. we give ourselves yeah. credit for. It. That's what I feel. I feel like Armenians, all of us, like to say the bad stuff about each other. Yeah. No, the good stuff we'll just skip over, like it's supposed to happen. Oh, I think no, Jenny. I think jo- Jenny wrote uh, where where she knows Vi from, or where oh, her mom. Oh, okay. Uh, Vi's mom and sister were at Chavarum. Chavarum. Chavarum with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> man spread? What the... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. I didn't say the man spread because I don't know if that's a last name or is she... Yeah, I didn't get that either. <laughs> Jenny, well, I just... please elaborate. Jenny. Please elaborate again. Um, what <laughs> what influences your uh, comedy in terms of your writing? Is it just you're looking for people around you that you can mock or okay. cultures or well, what is it that you're... What influences Okay, your... my intent is never to make fun of people. I honestly can tell you this. Yeah. And I think one of the major, major things for my success is that I'm not malicious. People know I am not. I am not out there to, you know, with an agenda. Um, I just, I love people. I love my audience. I genuinely love my audience. I love what I do. And, uh, and whatever I, I do, I do it with, you know, good intentions. Now, my inspirations come from so many things around me. It's funny because I was talking to, about this to a friend to, today. So many people tell me, you know, why is it that all these funny things happen to you? And I was going, listen, have you ever thought of like buying a car? Yeah. And from that moment on, all you see are cars. 
you know? And the that same car, that car. specific car. That specific car, or you start comparing uh-huh. with other cars. Yes. Or you decide to rent a house or an apartment. And your eye, your mind gets polarized. Uh-huh. So you see signs yeah. everywhere. That's yeah. all you see. And when you're a comedian, that's what you look for. So you your know, everyday your, your mind, your eyes are trained to see comedy. You know? And take, pick out of it. Yes. So everyday life gives you yes. the opportunity to pick out pieces and Absolutely. use in your work. Absolutely. Yes. Cool. It's like you're, you're constantly, your mind is constantly at work. Absolutely. Like you could go grab a cup of coffee. I mean, yeah. I could be standing in line waiting for my espresso. Why is there getting material off of me? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Arno, Leo, yeah, Arno, yeah. Cara, Cara, the t-shirt. Up, 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 up. It's solid today. Solid, it's solid today. today. I know, it's a big switch here. Yeah. Uh, so, Vi, as far as touring and stuff, you've toured all over the world, right? Except China. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it happen. What are you Let's make it happen. Right? North Korea, have you been there? <laughs> <laughs> so where, where's like... Where are majority of your besides Beirut and in Yerevan? And I know you've been to Armenia seven times. Uh, besides Beirut and Armenia and Yerevan, and Armenia, where where do your audience most like? Where do you have the biggest audience outside of those motherland and okay. fatherland? So uh, yeah, Beirut, Yerevan. It used to be uh, Aleppo. Halab was big. I loved loved uh, Halab. Of course, it's not there anymore. The the Halab that uh, you know, yeah, that's, uh, it's in that ruins. I knew. Um, and interestingly enough, I went there. The first time I went there was 2000, 2010, You know, even though my father had grown up there, mm-hmm. but I had never been. So it was like an eye opening experience for me. Wow, this is an incredible community. Yeah. You know? um, uh, Montreal is a good community. Um, French community. Yeah, French are, yeah. French um, um, Boston is good. Uh, is that really Australia that big of an Armenian community? Boston's Armenian It's uh, simulating. It's very fast. But, you know, um, somehow it renews itself. Uh, yeah, I don't know how. Um, but, uh, but so many new communities are... are popping out all over it used to be for example all the invitations came from either middle east like for example cairo kuwait qatar dubai this that and about about 10 years ago mm-hmm. i started we started getting invitations from places like almelo don't know where what that the hell is, is almelo it's uh yeah. it's uh belgium uh, no uh Amsterdam, uh, Pan, uh holland oh, oh. okay the Net- netherlands uh, places like, uh, for example, um, Sweden, you know. Uh, Belgium has Armenian uh, community too. Belgium, you know, all these invitations from places where yeah. you, right. do you, you book your Do you do your own booking and your own tours or do you have a manager that I handles all that? I have a manager. She, she does. She does that. Yeah. Almelo has a population of 72,000. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. And there's an Armenian community there. Yeah. That's insane. They're crazy. There's yeah. towns in, Be- like, I know Belgium, there's a town with like 400 yeah. Armenians living in. I mean, we're everywhere. Yep. We we are literally everywhere. I, everywhere. I, I traveled literally. to South Nicaragua. You, you wouldn't think Armenian. There was an Armenian community. There. I mean, it's it's terrible. In Nicaragua. Say, it's like, it's like we're like, oh, I know Uruguay. I went has there a with my Armenian friend. Community. He's from Nicaragua. He built his hotel. I helped him design the thing, uh, the hotel and stuff right on the beach. So it, it was for ten years. We were kept on saying we should go there. We should go uh, there. And we went there a few years ago. 
It's like four years ago, right? five years ago. Five years ago, I went there to see the you know bread and breakfast that he has on the beach uh-huh. and stuff. And as we were going there, he goes, "Yeah, you know, if we drive, take the street and go down this way, and there's a, about ten families that are live there." Armenian. Armenians. See, I know Argentina oh, has an Armenian community. Uruguay, big. Community. Uruguay has. Argentina's big. Yeah. Argentina's huge. huge, and they're very well respected. I, 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 it, there's a city named Armenia in Argentina, right? Isn't there's that soccer it's team? Not, it's not a city. It's a. Oh no, that's uh, just Colombia. It's a it's a street. A one street. of the yeah, one of the most affluent affluent streets yeah. is is called. Colombia has Armenian community. Uh, in, they have yes. a city named Armenia. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, Omar has a great question. He says, "Being an Armenian comedian today, who's your favorite Armenian comedian?" Comedian. That's a tough question. Aside from me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a tough I don't question. Care. There are a few, a uh, but from. Uh, the younger ones who are uh, up and coming, uh, up and coming. I think Antik uh, is is pretty good. Yeah, Antik is pretty good. Well, I think everyone here is uh, going to agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're being biased. He we're was one of our biased. he was one of our guests as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Here's, yeah. Here's the thing: there are a few a few good <laughs> ones, but the problem is the ones who come from uh, Yerevan. Um, it's not just Nanda. They always have to sing. Somehow they find themselves singing. Or, you guys know there's a new or, profession? Or, or doing some characters. Running or, weddings. Uh, they run weddings. You know, yeah. big money. If you have that character, they make big money now. Yeah. They well, run a as wedding. Far as, as performing far, weddings. No, 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 no. They no. run the wedding. MC, as a, MC, MC the, wedding. the wedding. Oh, really? It's big money now. Yeah, especially in Russia. Uh, Even here, it's come here now. Really? Yeah, it's like basically Tamado. Yeah, and they make five, six hundred bucks for the night. Well, maybe more. I don't know. I've, I've never done it yet. I've but, been you know, to thinking we- about it. Actually, I've been to a wedding twice in the last thirty some years with the MC. I didn't enjoy it because well, I look at it this way: if the guy's talking, that damn music is not busting in my ears. I'm like, okay with okay. that because the, the DJ is technically the MC. To me, the DJs that are me at weddings now is just too extremely loud. too loud. Or you're getting old. One or the <laughs> other, brother. Uh, do we have any other questions from any guests? Anything? Well, Jenny clarified. She said her mom was your kindergarten teacher. Okay. Man, it's a do you small remember world. that one? <laughs> small world, huh? Do you remember? As far as the the mom and the sister, she she was talking about how devoted to the church your mom and your yeah. sister were. Yeah, yeah. My mom is still. Uh, well, via Saturday, June twenty second, uh, has a uh, event. Well, it's not your event. It's AYAC event. Yes. Uh, tickets are still available at the door. It starts at 7.30. If you guys are interested in going and uh, seeing uh, Ureman, the bit, uh, the, basically the stand-up Ureman, yes. uh, you guys can RSVP 818-903-5424, and uh, you guys could actually watch Mr. Berberian live. And he's actually taller in person. <laughs> people, Much taller. Pe- people, when they get older, they tend to like shrink. Mr. Verberian is actually... What's, what's your I secret? Am, is it the am, fasting or what is it? <laughs> Do you train at all, by or is, you're is not it? one of those health bums? No, I, I, no but I, I'm pretty active. I, I walk a lot. Okay. Um, yeah, I, and I do a lot of gardening. And I spend about... When I'm what, in what, town... What do you grow? Huh? When I'm in town, <laughs> no, actually, that's the smoke. That's not the girl. Actually, yeah, you I might want to grow. He's like, I gave. Did we give you a new idea here, boy? It looks like you got a sparkle. Like, trust, wow. Trust me. By now, I have seriously considered it. But, uh, 
<laughs> but the fact that I spend almost six, seven months out of the year away, um, yeah. Um, I, I, I love trees. I like roses. Um, yeah, yeah, I spend a lot of time nice. gardening and it, I enjoy uh, it. it. It relaxes the nerves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, you also mentioned about you do painting, abstract yes, artwork. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how you got into that. And you said, well, that was right after you were going through the surgeries and treatments. You started painting, Oh, no, right? no. I start, I, well, I've painted all my life. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. My, my father was a draftsman. Uh, I come from a family that had a lot of respect for visual arts. My mom was very talented. And so I started painting, drawing when I was very, very young. And uh, throughout the years, uh, uh, I continued no matter what I was doing, painting or uh, drawing was part of it. And, in the, uh, and eventually, um, I, got, I, I was lucky to have some really good galleries to represent me. Um, so, um, yeah, for years I worked with, uh, with a few different galleries. Couturier Gallery was, was one of the best. Madison Gallery in La Jolla. And... Um, and um, uh, uh, Fabien Castanier, uh, another gallery uh, on the west side. Uh, so uh, I, I spend hours and hours in the studio painting. Um, I'm lucky because I have a, a, a whole bunch of follow uh, collectors who mm. collect my work. Uh, for example, one of my biggest collectors is Lucy Lou. Mm. Uh, oh really? Yeah, she has Lucy Lou. She has eleven uh, vases at home. Um, uh, again, uh, for example, the Morricone family. I don't know if you know Andrea. Ennio uh, uh, Morricone, the, 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 the composer who did all of the spaghetti westerns. No, 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 I don't. You know, you know, like all the Clint Eastwood movies. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. the, the old ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that. That composer, wow, wow, yeah. wow. Yeah, his family. Not bad, uh, Arvin. Go for that one again. Hey, <laughs> his family, uh, they, they have uh, seven pieces. Uh, there are, uh, there's a whole, whole yeah. bunch Dude, of uh, I saw the new piece that you were doing. You guys were taking photos of it. And yeah, then he, yeah. had, he had a funny bit on Instagram. He was saying, uh, which one looks better? My, photo, <laughs> my, my painting or the photo that was shot on it? And it was the guy that was taking the photo when he shot it. Obviously, he brightens it up a little bit, yeah. you know, cleans it up. And he had them side by side. Well, I was like, which one looks better, my painting or the photo one? And <laughs> I mean, your painting is beautiful. Thank you, but... <laughs> the, the photo, the guy made it pop like crazy. Photoshop. But, yeah, Photoshop. Right. But again, when you look at the original, uh, that's yeah. not what it is. A lot, a lot of your art is abstract, right? Yes, yes. I, and um, the show that I'm going to have in September, it's a major show. It's in Glendale, and it's called uh, Tufenkian Gallery. And it's a really nice gallery. When is it I've, again? Uh, in September. I think the second week of September. Okay. I've worked with uh, Caroline Tufenkian uh, for a long time. She has curated three of my shows before. And, and I'm excited because it's the first time that I'm working with an Armenian gallery. Mm. Uh, so I'm happy about that. That's and your artwork can only be purchased at the galleries, or you have an online store as well. Uh, it's Personal. better uh, to you know to go through the gallery. Yeah, directly yeah. directly through the gallery. Through the gallery. Beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, Vi, I thank you so much for being with us on this 
fabulous Monday. This is a pleasure, guys. Uh, Seriously, I enjoyed every second. I hope you can come back here again. Definitely. Okay. We would love to have you back. Are you going to see you tomorrow? We'll <laughs> <laughs> we can make it happen. You'll yeah, yeah. be here tomorrow. <laughs> if you're okay, we'll make it happen. All right, guys. We have a special show. Tuesday show. Vibe at Young Part 2. We learned a lot from you. We learned uh, there was there were stories behind you where I had no idea about uh, the fact that you're a cancer survivor, man. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, uh, I mean, I would say, but you know, we know how you know. I take that. I take that. There you go. And I'm sure a lot of the audience. I don't know if you've shared any of the stories. Some of it. Some of it. I think in the hitchhiking and oh no, the surviving of your cancer, all that. The cancer. Some people. No, in one of my shows. In one of my shows, I've done. Yeah, but and yeah. and that's what I love about this is we get to see different side of our guests yeah. where even a lot of your followers may because depending on who you're talking to something comes up that you may yeah. never yeah. have sh- yeah. shared in the last twenty thirty forty years yeah. so yeah. and that's what's yeah. interesting about well, I got to tell you this you guys have a really good setup here thanks man. All, thank you, you, know, thank you. aside from all you know all four of you being you know uh, lovely people. <laughs> The idea of four of you doing this is it's nice. It's thank nice. You. Yeah. Thanks. We appreciate, thank we appreciate like that coming, coming from, from somebody like you. Yeah, Absolutely. That's something really nice. uh, thank you again for being with us. We appreciate it, Vajan. We definitely hope to see you again soon. And when we see you out on the streets, <laughs> we're gonna, I'm going give, to come and give you a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, guys, thank you so much for being with us on this beautiful Monday. We'll see you guys next Monday. we got another special guest with us. And uh, have a blessed week and make it a productive one. Yep. Good night. Good night, everyone.